find something that you can be a part of that fills your cup that also has social impact. Because I find that the market, like business, at least here at BC, is so socially conscious. That's the shift. You know, it's what are you doing for the community? How involved are you? Give back, impact. Those are all sort of the buzz keywords. And it's very meaningful business. The Wingnut Social Podcast, Episode 35, How to Market Your Design Business in These Changing Times. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating digital influence into physical success. This is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the host of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell. Hey there, Wingnuts, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the head Wingnut, Darla Powell, and I'm joined by my emotional support ginger, Natalie Graff, and her emotional support dog. Well, no, I was just going to tell you, I think we have a stowaway in the uh, studio. I'm looking at him. He's a hairy four-legged stowaway with black and white spots. And he wanted to join the podcast and today. I hear, him, I hear him licking his feet. No, he said he'd be really good and he's going to go to sleep. That's what he told me. He was just, we just napped. Well, he's still tired. He sleeps all the time like you. <laughs> I should have his life. Oh, wait, I kind of do. You do. You do have his life. <laughs> I know I napped a little too late before the podcast today. And let me tell you, Wingnuts, I've already had a B12, half a Snickers, Diet Coke, and did 100 jumping jacks. And I'm still like, <laughs> you have You have issues, Darla. I don't just have issues. I have an entire subscription. You do. And the do. weather here today, it's so rainy. It's like perfect nap weather. I know. But you have work to do, Darla. I do. So, guys, if you're listening to this in real time, you should be listening to this just at the very end of High Point Market on the 7th of April there. So you guys might be scurrying around still trying to find that perfect piece for your client. But we are back in Miami. And enjoying hopefully the sunshine because I'm predicting again, we're taking a trip into the future. And I just want to in advance, thank all you guys who stopped by to see Nicole and my ridiculousness at Shonda Ruggs sponsored by my Doma studio. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure it's ridiculous. Since this isn't real time, but I know it's going to be absolutely insanely ridiculous. All two of you that showed up. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. So you guys are just going to have to stay tuned to see what we have up our collective sleeves for fall market at High Point. Oh, and you guys know it's going to be insane because these guys are a little insane and off their rocker. And well, we could go on with a lot of different adjectives to use to describe them, but we'll just leave it as insane at the moment. I'm not sure Nicole's in for anything after this. It might have scared her. Yeah, she might have just barely escaped with her life. And well, dignity. My emotional support dog said he would go. <laughs> I'm telling you, that dog barks in the podcast. You and I are going to have words. This dog is not <laughs> going to bark on the podcast. Natalie, today on the show, we have Crispin Butterfield. Now, I have heard Crispin Butterfield on other podcasts. And you know I'm addicted to audio and I loves me a good podcast. And I heard her as a guest on Michelle Bennett's podcast, Business Homies. I was very impressed. So I said, how can I get this girl on our show? She's very well spoken. Let me guess. You just asked her and she said yes. Yeah. That's, you know, that's That funny. usually works It's that funny way. how that happens, yeah, guys. that's how that works. You know, if you just reach out and talk to somebody, it's amazing, you know, what can happen. When you come out of your shell and you don't be a hermit <laughs> and you put yourself out there and I'll be never, visible and I'll all that stuff. I'll never not be a, a, a hermit. 
entirely because that's just how I'm wired, but yes. Okay, if you say so. You know what we'll have also accomplished? What? By the time this airs, our shopping trip with Jane Dagme. This is true. We will have accomplished that. So we're recording this today in real time, seriously, guys, on March 19th, and we're going shopping with Jane Dagme this Saturday, which is what what the hell? I can't that's do math. That's the 23rd. The 23rd. All right, so... That that went splendidly. I'm just, I'm anticipating. You're assuming? Yeah, I'm assuming. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, Wingnuts, let me tell you a little bit about Crispin Butterfield. She's the principal and founder of Urban Theory Interior Design. Based in Kelowna, British Columbia, Crispin and her team service high-end residential and commercial clients. In existence for over 15 years, Crispin has grown from a one-person team to a full supporting cast. A graduate of the Bachelor of Applied Interior Design program at Mount Royal University in Calgary, Alberta, her sparkling personality and design commerce savvy make her a unique emerging visionary within the local design landscape and among her valued list of clients and peers. Crispin works hard to bring design concepts and fiscal balance to life, delivering immense value and peace of mind to her clients. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Crispin Butterfield to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Crispin. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, ladies. Thanks for asking me. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, we we were pretty excited to have you on there. Like I was telling the Wingnuts, we heard you on Michelle Bennett's awesome Business Homies podcast, not once, but two amazing times. And I was like, what a quick, good guest. I'm going to have to like steal her. And here we are. Mang- Mango's sleeping. He's not impressed. Is he snoring? No, but he might start. (laughs) If he starts snoring, you're in big trouble. I'm just saying. (laughs) So, Crispin, I was telling the wingnuts, you know, that you have 15 years in the interior design business. And I am sure I'm like seeing a montage in my head of all the marketing that you must have done and all the (sighs) the trials and errors and wins and losses that you may have had. So I was hoping you could share that today with our... Wait, did they have social media back when you started? No, no. No, they didn't. (laughs) They didn't. Yeah. They had smoke signals. (laughs) Oh, man. Right? Yeah. It was old school. It's like paper advertising. Radio was kind of new wave. And let me just preface preface this by saying, like, I'm not not that old. I'm going to be 38 next month. Um, So I I say you sound very young. uh, Yeah. I mean, I I do. And I I still sometimes feel like I was just 25, like two years ago. I don't know where all this time has gone. (laughs) But I mean, okay. So 15 years, you said 15 years. I also would like to preface that. Um, I don't know what the answer is to, you know, I haven't cracked the nut, let's put it that way, in terms of figuring out marketing, figuring out social media. Because for me, I find it's like you just feel like you're on the cusp of something and you're like, yes, this is working. This is getting engagement. And then all of a sudden, the market shifts or something new comes (laughs) in. And then you have to try and figure out what the hell that's all about. So like 15 years, I think is a lot of trial and error, like just to be full transparency, full disclosure. I don't know what the hell I'm doing most of the time. (laughs) That's just real. That's real life, you know? Right. But you've been out there for 15 years. So something you're doing is working. So let's let's discuss a little bit of your your trials and tribulations and successes. Okay, so the title of this episode is basically how to market your business in changing times. So Mm. when you started, let's say, let me do my math. Yeah, 2004, 2005-ish. So that's just a couple of years before we had the the dark years. Yeah. (laughs) The the dark (laughs) years, the black ages, the dark ages. Yeah. So how did you as a as a baby designer, right? Mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm. around then, how did mm-hmm. you survive that um, that recession area? What did you do well, for that? I think, I mean, the U.S. was hit incredibly hard. And obviously, uh, Canada had ripple effects from that. I would have to say I'm like fortunate that I didn't really experience quite 
a recession in the way that um, my like U.S. designer friends had. So number one, I was lucky that way. And in times for me, I think I would pivot here and just be more like when it's slow, the market slows down or there's a, a bit of a lull, it's pounding the pavement in terms of networking and getting your face out there and just consistently being in the public and being present in the community so that people don't have a chance to forget who you are or where you've gone or just like wonder where you've gone. And what are some of the ways that you do that, the networking? And, and you're talking in real life, like carbon-based? Yeah, for sure, for sure. That sounds old school. I know. And it's like... Yeah, but it's, it does, <laughs> but it's just so it's relevant even today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's is. a mix. Okay. I would say, you know, um, you. I think you nowadays you have to be on social media. You have to have an online presence. You just can't really... Unless you're a multi-million dollar designer doing stuff around the world and it's a very exclusive club, you know, I don't think you can get away with not having a website and social mm-hmm. presence and, and working social media to the bone. <laughs> even they do it. Like Kelly, Kelly Wurstler has that's a great social true. media account. That's you know? true. I'm thinking even yeah, bigger, so. even bigger, you know, and that's like a very small There's club. no one bigger. Oh, okay. Let's just get this clear. Uh-oh. Let's just get Excuse this straight. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it's always, it's mixing the two together. I started my company in a different province 15 years ago when I graduated from design school. Um, I came back to basically move all my crap from university to my mom's house and figure out where I was going to go and what firm I wanted to work in, probably in Toronto or Vancouver, because those are the two major city centers in Canada. And after three months, I had my first little client and then things just started going. And it was 11 years later and I was still doing consistent work there. And that was never the plan. Um, and I think it's, it's literally, it's building relationships and building your networks. Um, fast forward to four years ago, I, we had the opportunity to move out of that community and move across um, to more like the Western province. We went to British Columbia. So now I'm in Kelowna. That's four years ago. I would say it has taken me two and a half solid years of reaching out to builders, developers, um, real estate agents, like people in the industry here to build up relationships and connections and market myself personally, because there's so much noise there. There's just so much on social media here. It's like, it's overwhelming. Yeah. And it literally boils down to who do you know and who can give you a referral and who's going to connect you and, and bridge that gap to this person and that person. And yeah, I, I found myself here four years ago, just like almost building from scratch and everything I thought I knew about marketing and selling myself. And <laughs> like, I was local, I was local. I grew up in the, in, in this community that my, my previous company was in. And um, like I, the, my clients, my ideal clients, like I went to school with their kids. So I didn't really have to advertise. I didn't have to do anything. I was so spoiled, which was fabulous, <laughs> but move fast forward to here. It's like, I, I had no idea what the heck I was doing and advertising where to spend your dollars, where not to spend them in a much bigger and more saturated market. It was, it's overwhelming. You know, as, yeah. a, as an owner of a social media mm-hmm. marketing agency, right? Wingnet mm-hmm. Social. Uh, I find it fascinating. You know, we, we all know that in this day and age, social media is not going anywhere. You have to do, you have to market yourself yeah. that way. And for the most um, cases, it's free-ish, ish, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of changing. But that you're not the first designer who's come on and said that what the value is of actual networking, pressing flesh and going out. And it's yeah. who you know. And it's especially in this industry, in the interior design industry. So let me ask you, when you first reach out to the, the GCs and the realtors and these real life human 
you know, beings, how do you, what's your first point of contact with them? Pretty much, hey, like, hey, I exist. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm just saying. (laughs) I, everyone's like, pick up the phone, make a call. And I, like, I just cringe because the whole cold call thing is like, oh, it's not, it's not me. It'll, I've tried. It's just never going to be me. So I am a little bit more passive. I will send an email or I'll find the contact for the office manager and I'll send an email with a beautiful package or something visual because everyone's visual in this industry. And then I'll say, I'm going to follow up. And then I might call because then I feel like I've got something to speak on. Like, Hey, I sent you a package and um, just wanted to follow up with you on that versus calling and being like, Hey, I'm so-and-so and and then freeze. (laughs) Like I don't, I don't do that very well. So that is um, I'll send an email or even I find this is the beauty of, of Instagram is like, it's a much more personal platform where I feel like you can get away with things on a little bit less serious, quote unquote, businessy, you know, like I'll send out, I'll, I'll find like the builder, I'll find the contractor, the person I really want to connect with. And I'll just send them a message on Instagram and say, Hey, and I'm just like my true self. I'm not trying to be all salesy or try to be, try to be like Crispin, the designer. I'm just Crispin. And I'm like, Hey, I follow you. I really love, you know, what I see and like your story and your messaging, like it's, it's inspiring or whatever the case may be. And then I'll do mm-hmm. the ask and I'll be like, you know what? I'm looking to build my team of tradespeople. And this is like, this is a little tip tippy tip I've learned is I never, yeah, I never, right, right. Here we go. I never um, approach someone and say, Hey, I want to work with you or Hey, do you need a designer? Because that seems like you're coming from a position of less than I flip it around and make it like, Hey, I've been following you. I'm a fan of yours. I want you to be on my team of trusted tradespeople that I can pull from whenever I need dot, dot, dot. So it flips it around. It's a little bit of like um, manipulation psychology, but whatever works. And (laughs) I love it. Right. And it's like, so it, it, yeah. it, it kind of puts you in a light that y- instead of like you needing something from them in a sense that doesn't benefit them, it's like, I need, did I say that right? I need them, you know? And then, so they're more <laughs> likely, I don't know how that came across, but I think, you know what I'm saying? Um, they're more sure. likely to be responsive and open-minded to getting together for a coffee or chatting versus just someone messaging them and being like, Hey, if you ever need a designer, here's a link to my website. Here's like that. There's, there's like, like knock, knock. They want to see the person behind that door before they're going to let you come into their world. At least that's how it is here. So yeah, I think it's the same here. I think human behavior is pretty yeah. consistent. I mean, obviously you're having your differences, yeah, because you're in Canada. Yeah, but hey, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of listeners in Canada, so they, they'll be able to. Yeah, so that'll be great. Yeah, for them to hear. All um, right, I just have oh, a I have a load of questions here, but let's, she's, she's, let's, a, she's yeah. a load. All right, <laughs> let's hear them. Let me see where I let me see where I can start to where to break it down. Mm-hmm. So I know. A little, you know, I had to do a little bit of homework about my guests mm-hmm. here. So I know that you work very with high-end. Yeah, very little. Shh. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know you work with high-end clients and that is every designer's dream to, hey, I need to be this high-end client. Not every. And, well, not every. But mm. you spoke about you had to start over and reinvent yourself almost four years ago. Yeah. How did you target that market for the high-end clients now, you know, four years mm-hmm. prior. Yeah. I mean, you you had it going on and then you said, hey, yeah. let's move. And then yeah. you're like, uh-oh. Yeah, because high end's different yeah. than just- How did you, know, you get back than just into that? Every job. Um, well, I mean, every city center, every demographic's a little bit different, but uh, Kelowna as a culture in itself, like we have a lot of, everyone sort of immigrates to Kelowna. Not a lot of people are from here. So you've got people from the States, people from Vancouver have second homes. It's kind of from like early spring to like fall, it's tourism and it's vacation city. So 
with that comes a lot of disposable income. Like the demographic is just completely different here than it was from Manitoba, where I came from. Um, I realized quickly that my messaging needed to change. I was sort of of the mindset um, where I'm like, I want to help everybody and I can do anything and I'll take on anything. (laughs) And it's like, that's beautiful and lovely, but I really wanted to sharpen my business and focus on projects and clients that really filled me up instead of me filling everybody else up. Because after, well, geez, after even three years, you're sort of like, man, this is a lot of work. So after 10, 11 years, I'm like, I'm feeling a bit burnt out and I need to strategize on how and who I want to target. So coming here, you know, clientele, ideal, ideal client is, is totally different than where it was or who it was back in Manitoba. I'm like, so my messaging had to change. So thankfully, you know, you're in these different design groups. I've followed Kimberly Selden and business of design for years. Um, you know, I had some tools that were allowed me to craft a different message and craft a different image in a way, um, to speak to people who were looking for design services here. And that's number one is I changed my messaging clearly on my website. I, I pinpoint who we want to work with, um, what services we offer, who those services might be for. Like I just the verbiage on my website, it's very clear that this is for you if, because I feel like clients, uh-huh. clients recognize themselves in your brand, in your message, in your values. So if I'm putting everything out there and I'm like, this is who we want to work with. Um, this is for you if dot, dot, dot. If those clients see that and they resonate with that, they're, they're going to call and therefore you're aligning with your target market. If they don't see themselves reflected in your message, I believe like they're going to move on and that's perfect too, because then it weeds out the people who aren't your ideal client. Exactly. And a lot of people, a lot of designers are afraid of that, afraid of turning away anybody because going back to what you said about, you know, you didn't, you wanted to be filled up. You wanted to be filled up. You didn't want to fill up everybody because I don't, you're familiar with Nancy Ganzikoffer. I'm not sure if you're in her group on Facebook, but but her big thing is, you know, niche is rich, broad Mm -hmm. is broke. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, right. Niche is rich, broad is broke. Yeah. So, uh, so this may suit you if ellipsis, right? Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. What, what kind of of what kind of verbiage comes after that? Like what for your high idea of your ideal client, like what would be an example of what comes after the dot, dot, dot? Well, it's like if your um, time is precious, you're traveling, you're busy, you've got a family or you're retired and you don't want to take on everything that comes with a new build or renovation and you you need a team to support you. Um, so just things around that messaging. And then I also put in, um, because I find my pain points with my ideal clients in certain levels and markets is bad financial design decisions. They are... They have bigger budgets, yes, but I find that my clients with my larger budgets are just as f- detailed and they scrutinize every line item um, because they want to make sure they're spending their money in good places. And that's, you know, when you wing it, no pun intended, but sort of (laughs) when you wing it on your own, that's the risk you take is like, do, am I going to like how this looks at the end? And am I going to regret the money I've sunk into this? So that's also something I speak to um, because my, our target clients, they don't want to waste I, th- I think that's general, but we really hammer that, mm-hmm. um, that that's an important thing for them is like, we will support you there. We will guide you through to make sure that you feel and you understand you're making wise financial design decisions. I love that. And that's true. Yeah. Some of the, you know, we've only been in business for a little less than two years. It'll be two years, March 27th. Yeah. yeah. Which is incredible, by the way. I, Thank you. Thank I want to so interview you later. <laughs> I want to know how this all happened, I'm, but yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. But we find that 
Uh, thank you so much. But mm-hmm. as we're escalating to a little bit more of a higher end client, and we're you know we're we're not quite at your level yet, but we're you know we're we're shimmying up there. <laughs> that they're just as concerned with the line items and the budget, oh, yeah. and you know oh, our, yeah. our the way we envisioned it in the beginning is when we get these clients, it's going to be money's no object. You know, it's going to be we're going to have so much freedom. No, but no, <laughs> I wish that were true. I, I mean, it's almost I, worse. It is almost worse, but um, I, yeah, I find, I think that's just like the dream and you, you do get those clients once in a blue moon and it just makes you, it reestablishes why you love doing what you do and, oh, this is so great. And then you get back to reality. I find the clients with the bigger budgets also have the bigger personalities, the higher expectations, the more eccentric way of being. And that just makes things complicated. (laughs) Um. Right. And very often, like they, very often, they're they are very into the numbers and the figures, and they're willing to spend the money when they understand the value or the the reasoning behind whatever the decision is. Um, but there's a lot of work that goes into that, so that you know you can play with that. You just have to make budget. sure you let them know what your yeah. value is and, well, and articulate what that. their value is. Yeah. Like, what are the value that what's the value that they're getting by buying this over this or doing this over this? You know, it's it's a different ball game, but. Um, yeah, I just I find that the the marketing messaging, if we're going to take it back to that, is how can you like I I say identify your the if you're speaking of a high end clients, like what are their pain points? What are their main three mm-hmm. pain points? And then just market the crap out of that. What would you say they are for you in your experience? Well, it's sort of like, well, what's the problem and how can you solve it? So for here, it's a lot mm-hmm. of it's time. Like people are second home, yeah. vacation homes. Um, or they just like the lifestyle here. We've got the lake, the mountains. We're four hours from Vancouver. People don't want to be tied up, like figuring out a reno or a build. They want to have the freedom to enjoy their weekends and their evenings and their holidays. So I speak to time a lot. And then I speak to their, um, I also kind of manipulate the system, like where you have access to HGTV <laughs> and all this design stuff. It's all this noise. And like, and how do you actually know what your style is, what you like, you know, how to do it? So, we'll support you in that. And then the finance piece is, you know, it costs a lot of money and it's very stressful. That's There's no way around it. Let us support you in making sure you feel you're making sound financial design decisions. So usually like bang, 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 I get those three things. Um, those seem to be the values of that target market. And we click on that and away we go. So how do you let those clients down gently that this is not actually HGTV, but it does take longer than an hour? Mm, I don't even know if I'd say I'd let them down gently. I just, you know, if they come to me and they say, I've, I watch these shows and I, I'm on Pinterest all day long. I'm so that's, those are sort of like, okay, you have way too much free time on your hands, right? So you're living in the like fun design land. And then the reality is, you know, a project takes X amount of time. It takes a budget of X amount of dollars. So very quickly in the conversation, it's all, all like acknowledge that. I'm like, yeah, that's great. It's I love HGTV. Or I do watch the show. But then I flip it into like, okay, the reality though of a project is here's what we're thinking of timeline and this is the scope. And like, have you done any research? I asked some questions. Have you done any research into who you might want to work with or Whatever the case may be. Like, I, I don't even know if I let them down gently. I just tell them how it is. You just <laughs> tell them much. how it is. I like, I like that yeah. because you run into all these clients that go, well, I saw this show on HGTV yeah. and, and it was done. And, and then when you come yeah. back and you say, well, yeah, that's going to take six to eight weeks to do. Yeah, they're like, like what? what? 
Or they don't want a kitchen for 10 grand. Right. Yeah, yeah, the kitchen for 10 grand. And you're like, "Um, your corpse is going to be half that, but okay. (laughs) I just keep things lighthearted because you never want to discourage people to, you know, where they're like, really? Like, oh man, I I don't think I can do this or can afford this. It's like, that's the fun. That's, I say it's made for TV. I'm like, yeah, that's a great show. It's, it's made that, but that is made for TV. You know, like that's not Mm -hmm. reality. Yeah. Yeah, no, that exactly. is a great approach. Definitely. Yeah. So Crispin, you yeah. said you know, we touched on that you started before the advent of social media, mm-hmm. and Facebook and Twitter. So mm-hmm. how did you, when that first started coming up on the scene, how did you adjust to that? Was that something that you adopted really quickly or did that take you a hot minute? Mm, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know. I think for, I think it was just in there. I was in the right. This is just me specifically. I was in the right place at the right time. HGTV was blowing up, and design was becoming more mainstream and accessible. I moved back to a community where I grew up in, so everyone knew. And my parents were teachers, so everybody knew us. Yeah, I don't. I feel like I didn't have to struggle to build build a business, which was like that's unheard of, but that's sort of the truth back then. Um, sure. Yeah. So then to, you know, jump onto Facebook, I think I'm very, hmm, I'm very skeptical of, like, I'm not on Snapchat. Um, I don't, what other right. thing is there? I don't even know. We aren't know. either. No, I, I don't get it. Um, well, we are, but we're not active. I'm not even on there. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> a Facebook, you know, Facebook popped up and it probably was like another seven months, eight months before I even like had an account, a personal account. Cause I'm like, I don't know. And then Instagram, it was like probably a good year. Um, year or two before I started thinking, you know, oh, I should probably be on here. I don't understand it. And I'm even not that old, but even <laughs> me, I was like, I, this is like for young people. I don't understand it. And now it's, it's so different because now you see just the power behind how fast you can yeah. share the behind the scenes that everybody wants to see, but nobody gets a chance to see unless they're working with you. You know, you have, right. you can control well, the social message. Social media is making stars too. I mean, people yeah. are getting discovered with social media. Oh, totally. HGTV, we were just at the Design Influencers mm. Conference and um, a future guest on our show, Abby McCollum, was on uh, the panel there and she was talking about how they actually look at people's social media channels. Yeah. They look and see at the videos it's you post crazy. to see if maybe they want to cast you for their shows. Yeah. So it's no and, pressure and or anything. Some, like, oh yeah, my God. No, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. um, I know a tip. You're supposed to do lots of video and be very <sighs> personable. Um, yeah. So that's my yeah. tip. But yeah. <laughs> I might have paid attention a little bit at the design bloggers Doubt conference, it. maybe. Doubtful. <laughs> Probably not. But <laughs> so now that you've adapted to the ever-changing world of we have social media and I have to jump on board, mm-hmm. how have you gotten clients directly from Instagram, from Facebook? I, I would say no. Like the in terms of a full-scale design client, nope, never. Um, I have okay. a few people that it, have jumped on after we've worked together and follow. But honestly, no, I, I haven't landed any job. Um, I did make a connection with a builder who we've worked together. So, okay, let's like look at this differently. Yes, <laughs> I did get one. <laughs> you know, build it and they will come kind of thing. Maybe. You know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's the demographics of where you live and, and that's not necessarily, think, they're th- not all on on. Facebook and Instagram. I think it's like you can't Possibly. put it all in one box and say that this speaks to everybody in every, right. you know, Canada, U.S., wherever you are. I think it's every totally, de- yeah, it's totally dependent on your region. It's dependent on the age in your target market. And uh, like, yeah, I think it, there's a lot of but factors. Also, it depends on your, it depends on your marketing focus. And we've totally. already gone into the fact that you're just like a networking beast. So that's where I'm you not even like, effort. thank you. But I don't, I don't consider myself to be like, there's, 
the beautiful thing about the city is that there it's vibrant there the tech sector business sector um lifestyle and leisure is humongous tourism like we're in wine country here it's crazy so there are events oh i'm coming and, to visit yeah oh, we're moving well everyone calls it kind of like the little <laughs> the little la of canada honestly um but there are events and social things and functions and um there's every night of the week there's something different here which is fabulous however that's a lot to choose from and to focus your time and energy and your money because you often have to pay mm-hmm. to go to these things. Like, where do you want to show up? What's going to yield you the best result, right? So I, I, I don't go to everything. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't show up nearly as much as I think I should be. Um, but there is something to be said about like face-to-face and personal connections and building those relationships. You can have great social media. You can have all your marketing, all your ducks in a row. But if you're not, if you don't physically make contact and build those relationships, I think the lasting relationships you want with your trades and your contractors and your your builders, that comes outside of social media platforms. In my opinion. Right. And I think I think once you make those connections and you do that personable networking that yeah. it, a lot of times they go home and they, they might creep you on Instagram yeah. and, and yeah. make sure everything is what yes. you... And that's where I started out with Darla oh, yeah. Powell Interiors. I was like, you know, gosh, I'm new. I re- don't really have a portfolio. Mm-hmm. If someone researches me, I want to have a really healthy Instagram following, which was my mindset in the beginning. That's now cool. it's much broader and I've, le- I've learned so much more. And they'd be like, oh, she has, you know, so at the time it was like six or 7,000 followers. She must be good. Let me hire her. At the so time. What is it too. now? Yeah, at the time. It's, we're 50. I think at the, we're recording this. It might be fourteen. That's three, amazing. 14, so that's amazing. But thank you. It's a slow. It's a slow grow. The algorithm is a bear, and we that's we don't because it's ever changing in the yeah. marketing world, and we, we don't use in. robots. You know, mm. as far as like you know, yeah, that like people you following can, game. Yeah, and all that, so, I yeah. don't like that. And, yeah. Mm. So and anyway. then so if you don't, it goes really really slow. Yeah. <laughs> but the people that follow you are are, are legit. Yeah. So yeah. so let me ask you. So for your social media, Mark, how like um. Do you post a lot? Do you post often? Are you diligent with that? Oh, all, or no. That's I'm just kind so, of a side thought. Okay. I'm all over the place. Yeah. I, if I'm feeling inspired right. and I'm feeling into it, yeah, I'll post. But then if I'm not, like I'm, right. if I have nothing interesting to talk about or, you know, depending on projects, like not every day am I on a job site or am I taking photos of, you know, samples laid sure. out? Like I'm not just going to post for the sake of posting. Um, I don't know. Maybe right. that's maybe people would counsel me otherwise, right? But I find it's like, it well, takes, it's t- a little different. Yeah, right? But that's not, all, we'll, we'll do that off the air. But maybe not that's why. <laughs> okay, and here, maybe that's why I only have like 1,400 followers right now and growing. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just find like my time is so precious and you're I'm pulled in multiple directions throughout the day right. like everybody else it's is. It's very time consuming. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy like time consuming. To curate something with good value and, you know, it's impactful and meaningful and authentic. I'm just like, some days I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> I just have nothing to say yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that actually, that actually to me answers why you haven't gotten more clients from social media. Because I'm, I'm not, not picking consistent. You out. Oh no, please do. Yeah. I would love the feedback. But you don't need it because you're, like I said, you're being so successful with your high end, with your referrals and a lot oh, of but designers I still, are in that boat. I want to grow. And that's great. I don't think I've reached like the pinnacle. Yeah. But we got nearly. I so, think for newer designers, designers just starting out, yeah. I mean, for, I can only speak from experience that the social media, it, I mean, we get a ton of clients from it, but mm-hmm. admittedly, we put so much energy into yeah. it too. Yeah. And we don't do as much in the networking, which we have just started to do so yeah. much. And I d- definitely see the value. You you have to do both. You oh, have you to have the complete package for She's sure. old school, remember? <laughs> yeah, and I love it. And she says 38 is old. Well, it feels really old. Let me tell you. Are. 
Come on now. We're not even going to discuss our age. No, that's we all We liked age. you in the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. We're old ladies. You're not. I No, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, would you Would you say that it's more of a hustle now for for advertising and marketing it than it was back then? Now that you have like so it. much more to deal with? Yes. And for me, because again, like I, I'm starting, I, I'm still basically building my business, even though, you know, you have a track record and you've got a company from before, you move to a different city. It's like, it almost doesn't matter. It's like building a baby from scratch. So yeah, I think for me, I feel like it's harder now because there's just there's so many more platforms you need to be present on. And then it's not mm-hmm. just about posting pretty pictures, you know, and showing it, it's showing so much more and, but not too much more and like having to just balance everything. And, and, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to curate. That's how I feel. Okay. Well, we've established that you've had to move and you've had to start over mm-hmm. is in a, in a new thing and go after your ideal clients. Is there one tip that you could share with the wing nuts of, okay, listen, if you're going to do this and everything that I've learned in my experience over the last 15 years, what could you give someone throwing around the Mm. idea of, Hey, let me move, let me change cities and, and start over. That's a great question. I think you have to work really hard at becoming as local as possible because if you're the new person and there's, there's people here established here for 10, 15, 20 plus years, you know, all sort of basically doing the same thing. You don't stand out and it's, it's harder. It's more of a hustle to establish yourself and separate from the group or the masses to become noticeable. So for me, it was get outside of business, get into something that gives me more of a community platform, gets my name around town. Um, so I joined a, like the board of a women's business and networking group. And it gives me leverage in terms of credibility in the community. And also, you know, and not that it's all about leverage and positioning, it's karma as well. So find something that you can be a part of that fills your cup that also has social impact. Because I find that the market, like business, at least here at BC, is so socially conscious. That's the shift, you know, is what are you doing for the community? How involved are you? Give back, impact. Those are all sort of the buzz keywords. And it's very meaningful in business. So if you're just doing your thing, business only, I would challenge you to consider it's, it is time. Like it's investment in time. But find a group find something you're passionate about that you can get involved with on a like a higher level, like a leadership level, a board level, because that puts you in front of people you normally wouldn't cross paths with. It allows you to go to seminars and workshops and round tables and sit with people that are well-connected in the community because they're also on boards and, you know, EDs and directors of different things. So for me, joining the board, um, the board of directors for Kelowna Women in Business has in you know, like a two-year time span, put my face everywhere, put my name everywhere, connected me with organizations and other women in business and just created that network um, and grown those relationships that would have taken me years if I'd just gone to single networking events and just shown up or tried to go for coffee with people individually. So I, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of work. Not every, I mean, people have kids and other lives, um, but if you can, I would consider like challenge you to join join an organization that you can be a part of and give back to the community, but also leverage your platform that will grow your following. 
I love that in a marketing layer cake, yeah. you know, with the, for high end clients, especially that's yeah. the key is mm-hmm. getting out there and making those connections. Social media is great. Yeah. You want to market it. You want to back yourself up with social media and you will get some really great clients from social media, but getting out there and pressing the flesh with that yeah. kind of, um, you have to make friends. You have to make friends with your, your target clients. And a lot of those people that sit on boards, you know, and volunteer time or do fundraising events, like that's hospital galas and dinners and like, they're the lawyers. They're the, the CEOs. They are the higher end of where your high-end clientele is. So if you want to be in that group and rubbing shoulders with those people, you have to do things with them. You know, you have to well, you, not even do things. <laughs> you have to become them, right? But you have, yeah. So for me, joining the board, it just it, you it takes that layer out of. I'm a business and I want your money and da, da, da. It's like, I'm, we're, we have the same values. We're working towards the same goal. We're now peers. You know, we, we all live in different lifestyles and we all come from different walks of life, but this is what unifies us. And I find that people are, people usually want to do business with like people they trust or their friends. Like if they like you and you're friendly and they consider you sort of that one layer above just a service provider, they're going to pick you over someone else on Google or someone else that has a pretty Instagram page. So you need to get to know your target market, but I, join a board. Like it's, it's, yeah. yeah. It's opened a lot of doors. I love doors. it. And, and in the service industry, yeah, who you know and people that you know, mm-hmm. know, like, and trust and that have worked with you in the past, that is really invaluable. I have yeah. one more question for you before we get up sure. into the What Up Wingnut round. So in your 15 years of experience, is there anything that you could tell the wingnuts or warn the wingnuts that you've done that you regret doing or that you would say, like, if, if you were counseling someone as a business coach, <laughs> you would say, whatever you do, don't do this oh thing my God. You know, in your marketing, what would it be? I think we need like two or three more podcasts together Darla because I have like (laughs) a trunk full of things I've screwed up so bad I've said things I've like I've said really bad things to people when I was younger and felt taken advantage like (laughs) oh my gosh anyways um I okay so when I was 26 I opened up a furniture store in addition to doing consulting, because oh. I was going to, okay. this would be figured out, you could just have trade accounts and sell things and da, da, da. So I'm like, let's have a furniture <laughs> store. Let's do everything. Let's like, oh my, let's take it over. And that furniture store ran for about a year and it failed. It failed miserably. I actually, <laughs> yeah, I actually, I haven't shared this with many people, but I'm about to share it with all your listeners. I actually declared bankruptcy Woo-hoo. at 26 years old. Oh. Yes. Oh, well, you know, that's young. Uh, that's that's very young. Right? You can bounce um, back. You I did. mean, so lessons, so many lessons learned out of that, though. Um, it was mm-hmm. it was the most public failure I've ever had to endure. And at such a young age, you're not really equipped to, like, I look back now and I'm like, wow, look at all the amazing things that I learned from that. But then it was like, I'm a failure and everyone saw me fail and like, I'll never work in this town again. Um, so <laughs> I would say for younger people, you know, you have to be willing to risk and try things. If you only stay in your comfort bubble and your comfort zone, you'll never grow. And if you want to branch out and get these different clients and try, you have to go through these experiences because you have to build, you know, you have to build yourself up. So you can go through extreme failure um, and hardship and use it to build yourself, you know, a better business, a better career. 
Um, and I look back at that now as like, I don't even, I was so ashamed for years that like, uh-huh. Man, what a big failure. And now I'm just like, now I have this amazing experience and story that I can talk to everybody about eventually. (laughs) (laughs) On podcast, everywhere. There you go. And and it doesn't define who you are as a person. Right. You know, and it doesn't it doesn't dictate what your future holds. It's just one more thing. Thank you for sharing that with us so much. And I yeah. have to tell you, I love hearing that because, you know, in this day and age of follow your dreams, rah, rah, you can do it, carpe diem, you might fall on your ass. You might fail. But you will. You Not even you it. might. Like, yeah. you will. It's guaranteed. Yeah, true. You're going to yeah. fall flat on your face. <laughs> and sometimes some it's point. expensive. Yes. Um, but <laughs> but the, yeah. the, the, the I would just, you know, anyone who's starting out, like, don't let that stop you in your tracks. Like, have a little pity party, cry about it for 30 days, and then figure out a way to use it to your advantage and move on. 30 days? Well, okay. I would say, I'm not a friend of mine only gives me one day. I'm not thinking of big, like, (laughs) life-changing moments. But if you, you know, a a client says no, you know, or you're turned down for a project or whatever, you know, like, okay, let, you know, be in that. But then what's the lesson and then how can you pivot? And that wasn't your ideal client. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Crispin, thank you so much. I have to ask you now if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round. Oh, I'm ready. I know. You sound ready. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? I asked my husband and he said a Christmas tree. (laughs) Because <laughs> I like sparkly things and I like presents, and I said I can't say that on a podcast. Um, sure I, can. I mean, I a Christmas I, tree, sort of. That's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect a Christmas for this tree podcast too. <laughs> you light up a room. There you go. <laughs> oh wow! There you Very, go. Perfect. If you're on death row, what would your last meal be? Mm, I love sushi, so tuna, like sushi, but maybe with some bacon because I love bacon too. So there you go. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Gross oh, combination. But okay. if it's whatever, it's the last meal, it'll be great. Yes, yes. One way or another, that'd be your last meal, right? Yeah. If you could have only one superhero power, what would it be and why? I would want the superhero power of time manipulation because I there's never enough. I would love to stop time, give myself some more time to work on things, you know, and be able to manipulate time to my advantage. That would be great. I like that one. What book has had the biggest impact on you and your business? So there's this little book. It's called The Four Agreements. It's by Don Miguel Ruiz. I don't know if you've read it, but um, Mm -hmm. it's not a business book. It's um, basically on just sort of like touches on the source of self-limiting beliefs. So the four agreements are be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. uh, Don't make assumptions and always do your best. It's, um, It's very interesting. It's a short read, but it's so simple. And it's just so pure. And I find that if you, in any situation, if you're able to sort of touch on those four things, especially not to make assumptions about what other people are thinking or clients or, you know, and not taking things personally, which is so hard to do. Yeah, very. But when you're able to take your emotions out of things and not take things personally and just sort of like let them be what they are, it changes how you do business. I do that a lot. I tend to, Natalie always yells at me because I'm always like assuming (laughs) what what Mm -hmm. clients are thinking Mm -hmm. or what, yeah. And I always jump to like- It's hard not to. The sky is falling. Yeah, I I need to work on that. So of course I'm putting it in my cart right now on audible.com. Sorry, Natalie. It's, it's a good book and it's it's fast, so you'll enjoy it. Okay, great. Crispin, thank you so much sure. for joining us on the podcast today. Please tell the wingnuts about your mentorship program we talked about. So, yes, I I just have been inspired over the last couple of years to create a community for interior designers. Like there are there are lots of fabulous groups online, um, and I just. 
I need to be a part of that. <laughs> this is my purpose. <laughs> it's not, it's a passion, but I feel like this is my next step in my career as well. And so I've recently created uh, a mentorship platform called Creative Human, and it's mentorship and business insight for interior design professionals. Um, so there is a Facebook group. Um, there will be a website shortly where we will be doing, um, conversations, videos, um, people just asking questions like, what do I do when, how do you deal with clients here and just sharing information and and providing support for the community. Um, yeah, we're hosting our very first event in April. You have to come to Kelowna. So if you're in Kelowna, come and join us. Um, but it's it's opening up to all creative professions, not just interior designers, where we have four panelists and they get to touch on their experiences in business, some of the lessons and failures they've endured and just inspire um, the community around them. That sounds really yeah. good. And your Facebook group is great. I'm in it. So yeah, yeah, I love your Facebook. The Facebook group name that you have now is it's uh, Creative Human Mentorship and Business Insight for Design Professionals. That's a tongue twister, I know. And where can (laughs) we find you on the interwebs? On social. Ah, okay. So our website is UrbanTheoryInteriorDesign.com, and we are on Instagram. And I feel like we'll be a lot more on Instagram (laughs) after speaking with you ladies. Um, Yeah. Urban theory, interior design. We know somebody that can help you with that, by the way. I'm sure you guys do. (laughs) What are you, what are you, what you guys doing after this uh, podcast? (laughs) Well, we can talk about that. Crispin Butterfield, thank you so much for enduring our nonsense on the Wingnut Social Podcast. You're an amazing guest. Thank you so much. I loved it. Thanks so much, you guys. All right. My brain hurts, Darla. It hurts. I don't know why it hurts, but it hurts. But I learned a lot listening to her. Is it because Crispin is so smart? She's pretty smart. And she's been pretty doing smart it for 15 and years. vivacious, but she's just, it's just a shame she's so old at 38. I know. I don't think you're going to like her very well. <laughs> no. <laughs> we just had our little post interview, a little conversation. I'm like, 38? Come on now. I'm 50. I, I, I reinvented I myself at 48, girl. That's right. You're good. You know, I honestly think that this in, in this takeaway here, I'd like to really point out that my dog has been done nothing but sleep nicely. He's not even snoring. I know. I'm very impressed. He knows good that boy he can't Mango. because you'll get mad at him. Good boy, Mango. That's such a good boy. He's so cute if you guys could he see him. Is. He's just so sweet. Sit over to order whatever. Just eat him okay, up. Okay, yeah, stop. So talking to Crispin, we've learned that her marketing over the years went from paper back in 04. <laughs> so now she's on the social media train and it's still networking. It's mm-hmm. still, still well, networking, pounding the yeah. pavement and networking. Networking is never going to go anywhere. As long as you have human relationships, especially in the design service industry, it really, who you know, you know, what, you know, not more than what you know, which is, you know, painfully true. But, you know, this girl worked on my house and I like her. She didn't steal anything. Reference. <laughs> reference, reference. References. But networking and the the boards that she's just perfect because she's picking her ideal client. Absolutely. And the circles that they hang out in, you know, and where, you know, they work, where they, they play. That's really perfect. But admittedly, she did say that her social media game was a little lacking. So we want a more well-rounded approach. But, I mean, the woman has survived 50 years in the service industry and we've only been here for two years and we know good i'm getting gray hairs from it so hats off to her she's done an amazing job and she's very personable i would hire a wonderful episode 
Yeah, a wonderful, 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 like a spring day, like a fresh spring morning. And why don't you tell those wingnuts where to find us? Well, guys, you can find us at wingnutsocial.com. You can check out this episode and all the show notes at wingnutsocial.com slash podcast, and we'll add the episode number there. Be sure to follow us on social at Wingnut Social. And if you guys have any pressing, burning social media questions, shoot us an email at info at wingnutsocial.com. And if you just don't have the time and you're out too busy shaking hands and you need someone running your social media marketing for you, give us a call at one eight seven seven wingnut We have operators standing by. All right. I think Mango that's it. will answer. Mango. Oh. He does. If Mango answers the phone, I'm out. That's, ruff, ruff. that's a little scary. It is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's it for this week. All right. Mango and I say so long. And I say see ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. principal and founder of Urban Theory Interior Design, based in holy have no clue, Kelowna? Oh, you know what? We'll have all, we have, uh, yeah, Darla, go ahead. Spit it out. Ready? You can can just, just get all the yawns out because you make me yawn.